Welcome to the Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. Well, good evening, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Sages Among Us. I'm tonight's host, Brian Buckley. And as most of our listeners know, The Sages Among Us focuses on, focuses on people, often but not always in leadership positions, who are civically engaged in working toward a better future for others. Yet it's a relatively rare pleasure in our highly mobile society for us to talk with someone who was raised locally and who, as an adult, is now committed to working for a positive future for others, be it on the local, national, or global stage. Tonight's guest is just such an individual. Raised on the San Juan Ridge, Alex Zell, after graduating from Nevada Union High School in the late 1990s, left to attend college on the East Coast. He returned here in his 20s, became a kayaking and wilderness instructor, and within a short amount of time, found a full-time position in what is termed an Adventure and Service Learning Coordinator with the Grass Valley Charter School. He currently serves as the vice principal of that institution. He's also a founding member and uh, served for five years, including a term as president on the board of the Sierra Academy of Expeditionary Learning, a charter high school. He is currently earning his master's in school leadership from the Harvard Graduate School of Education. Alex, welcome to the Sages Among Us. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. It's uh, it's great to talk to you. Yeah, I've I've been looking forward to this for a while. Hey, let's hear a little bit more about your story. Um, you were raised on the San Juan Ridge, and looking back on your childhood, is there anything that you're you now recognize as unique about it, either in a positive or negative context? Yeah, absolutely. I. Um, you know, broadly speaking, I, I love growing up on the San Juan Ridge. I think it is an amazing community, um, and there's a couple of things that stand out to me, and that is sort of the juxtaposition of of the tight knit community that is built there intentionally, um, and then also really a, a spirit um, of of self reliance and individuality. And I think that you know the the kind of combination of those things are a, a thread that has sort of developed um, an appreciation in me over time for, for both mm-hmm. those qualities. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, I, I, I can see your point in, in the description of, of the Ridge that way. So, you know, when you left the tender confines of the family, friends, and community of the Ridge and attended college on the East Coast, was that a difficult transition for you or not really? Um, I, I think both, to be honest. I I did go, maybe as is classic for young 18-year-old folks, I went about as far away to college as one can. Um, mm-hmm. I attended school on a small island in northern Maine called College of the Atlantic. And um, the, I think the things that are similar is that, that COA is, is in, in Bar Harbor, which is also a small, um, quaint tourist town. Um, but the things that are that are dissimilar is, you know, the the, the ocean froze. Um, I learned not to take showers in the morning and walk to class because your hair would freeze. Um, those those <laughs> sorts of things. Um, 
but by and large, COA was was amazing. It's a, it's a very small school of about 300 students, um, and they have a strong international presence within that as a percentage. And um, mm-hmm. you know, they they offer one one degree in human ecology, so there's a lot of focus about why why people choose to attend COA. Mm-hmm. So you know, from your time there, were there any lasting lessons that you picked up from that experience? You know, like you mentioned, you you got from your upbringing on the on the ridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I think that for me, COA was really the first time that I thought a lot about the kind of education that I wanted as a student. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things that drew me there is that it is is largely interdisciplinary. Um, so meaning that multiple courses and content areas tie into kind of a central idea. Um, and that that spoke to me a lot as a student, and that certainly has helped to guide um, my beliefs as an educator, too, about, you know, really creating a situation where education has a purpose and an application to, to our world around us. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that came to life for me at COA. I think the other part of it that was attractive to me um, is that it was in, in large part also student, um, I don't know that I would say student run, but students were involved in the leadership of the school. Um, so we actually didn't have school one day a week. Um, that was all tied into really the kind of facilitation of, of running a campus um, from, you know, hiring, hiring folks and doing evaluations and um, doing strategic planning and, um, you know, kind of mm-hmm. more involved in the leadership of the school itself. So those two things are definitely foundational in, in why, why COA. All right. Well, um, looking back over the previous 30 to 40 years, has there been a you know, watershed event that has contributed in a significant way to you becoming the person you are now, you know, other than the contributions you've already mentioned? Yeah, I, I don't know that there's so much like one watershed moment. I, I think there's maybe there's maybe some tributaries that, that have come together. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, well words. Yeah. <laughs> um, I for, for me personally, uh, the role of adventuring outdoors, which I also um, kind of attribute to my youth growing up on the ridge, um, but the role of adventuring and learning both about myself and also about the community that I am part of. Um, is certainly an ongoing, an ongoing theme um, in my life, both as a young person and as an adult, uh, in contributing to, to those communities uh, as well. And I think that idea in, in application to personal and professional adult life is, is really about um, envisioning, envisioning goals and, and better worlds and uh, ways to contribute to our community and, and taking steps towards bringing that into into fruition and into reality. Mm-hmm. You know, you you are one of the few, if if the only person to, uh, you know, kayak from the headwaters of the Yuba all the way into the, the San Francisco Bay. Um, what was that experience like for you? <laughs> um, yes, that, so that was part of my senior thesis from college at COA. So I, I came back here um, and had a strong love for the South Yuba um, and certainly of, of kayaking. Um, 
and also had an established relationship with, with Circle, with the South Yuba River Citizens League, and um, had done an internship there. And, and part of that conversation was about trying to spread an awareness in education about uh, river ecology and sort of the, the history of the South Yuba. So that was sort of like the, the motivation for the, the kayaking trip. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly the kayaking itself was, was challenging and amazing. And uh, we, you know, started up at the headwaters um, of the South Yuba. So right there at uh, Lake Van Norden at the base of Sugar Bowl. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't remember the exact number of days, but it was somewhere in the twenties um, over time paddled um, as you said, down to the Golden Gate Bridge and traded out boats and, and different folks, and different friends who paddled with me along the way. Um, mm. And I think one of the lasting memories for me is just that no, no matter where I am, you know, if I'm up up in Tahoe in the snow or if I am, you know, hanging out at, at Purden Crossing or if I'm driving out to see my parents on the ridge, like I can I can look upstream and downstream and envision and really know, you know, know that river very intimately um Mm -hmm. yeah and it it was it was definitely a a profound experience at 20 i don't know 21 something like that (laughs) yeah kind kind of a a geographical grounding in some ways huh the uh well what about um you know you mentioned people along the way are there any individuals uh who have been particularly influential to you either as mentors or in some other capacity yeah, I think I mean there, to be honest there's been a lot of a lot of mentors and I and I guess I think about those folks mostly in the the context of the education world sure. um, and I feel privileged to have have known a lot of of great leaders and and um learned different things from from each of them. You know, I think that among them uh Brian Martinez was my first principal here at Grass Valley mm-hmm. Charter and he is uh one of the most uh, visionary and, and driven leaders that I know, uh, and that mm-hmm. is something that I appreciate immensely, and, and things I have taken from that. Um, Scott Maddock was my most recent principal, uh, and he was a great leader in the context of, of people, people first, and relationships. Um, mm-hmm. You, in before our conversation now, you and I spoke briefly about the fact that I don't know that I feel qualified as a sage. Um, but somebody who I would say is, is definitely a sage uh, was Linda Brown. She was the assistant mm-hmm. superintendent in the Grass Valley School District. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like she epitomized um, sort of like the whole package of a leader. Like she was knowledgeable and, and she was, you know, calm in the, in the eye of the hurricane, so to speak, and um, right. charted paths and supported people and was just, um, and is still, you know, she, she's retired from GVSD now, but. Um, is an amazing, an amazing leader herself. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a that's an impressive list. You know, uh, one of the things I, I've been, yeah, uh, I uh, one of the things I was curious about, Alex, is is what drew you back to Nevada County after after college. I mean, you'd gone all the way across the country and experienced another environment with some similarities, like you said, you know, a, a quaint, touristy, and um, lots of outdoor options. Um, but you came back. Any particular reason? Yeah, well, I mean, the reason really is, is sort of the focus of the show, to be honest. Um, I, 
I came back for a lot of reasons. You know, I think on the surface it's about family and it was um, it was about community. But I think what I know about our community that is unique is is that it is full of of people who care about each other, and it is full of people who contribute to the betterment of our community, um, and who are are you know agents of change and where they see opportunity to make something better. Um, that that generally happens in our community, and I feel like mm-hmm. that is pretty unique um, and special. And it's you know, it's a reason that I wanted to be here to both benefit from from those efforts of others, but also um, to contribute to you know, like like was said earlier, contribute to the betterment of our community as as much as I am able to. Great, great. Well, sounds like a, a, as good a motivation as, as one could have. I'm Brian Buckley, and it's my pleasure tonight to be talking with Alex Zell, Vice Principal of the Grass Valley Charter School and founding board member of the Sierra Academy of Expeditionary Learning. Um, so, Alex, you took a relatively unique path towards becoming a teacher. It seems that you were initially interested in the environmental human ecology field, um, and obviously you, you became a wilderness and kayaking instructor, but uh, that quickly turned into a position with Grass Valley Charter School. Tell us more about how that came about. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, to start off, I, I come from a family of educators. Um, so my mom was a teacher and my both my brother and sister are, are teachers um, as well. And so, you know, that was, that was part of it, although um, my past was a little bit atypical. As you mentioned, I was first a, a kayak guide. Um, and initially that, that was primarily in this area, but it eventually took me to other other parts of the world. Um, I was a guide in the Amazon rainforest and that is relevant because it really brought together a love of science um, with, with really more of teaching people about the spaces that we are in, as opposed to the, like the mechanics of kayaking. Um, mm-hmm. so I think my pathway, like a lot of people was through sort of an outdoor ed lens, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. and then, you know, I was really fortunate enough to be back in this, this community. Um, and the position of, of adventure and service coordinator came up, um, really as a, as an idea. Um, and the community here at, at GBCS, this is some 17 years ago now, um, you know, we worked collaboratively to design uh, that that program, um, and and what that means here is that you know adventure is is something that is tied to school character traits, um, and then mm-hmm. also tied to grade level science standards. And so, instead of you know reading about what you know good what good character might be, or um, you know about reading about just science and textbooks, we are out in the world um, doing those things. So, uh, you know, as, as an example, students in, in fourth grade um, have a, a big study around um, Chinook salmon and the life cycle of salmon and environments and uh, ecosystems and riparian habitats and all of that. Um, and mm-hmm. so students are out in the world and they're, they're rafting down rivers and they're learning about, you know, what we call crew. Um, and uh, environmental stewardship, and uh, you know they're they're putting those character traits back into action when they are they are back here in the classroom as well. Um, 
So I, I was the adventure and service um, guy for about 12 years. And then, as you mentioned, I was part of a group of folks who started Sierra Academy of Expeditionary Learning, um, which is an EL education school, uh, which is also the founding model of, of Grass Valley Charter School. Um, and myself and, and several other members of the GVCS community um, helped, helped to start SAIL really to create a continuity of, of this model in our community from, from pre-K through 12. Um, right. And then that experience in, in starting and helping to start a school really launched my interest in, in school leadership, which is what has um, continued my pathway towards uh, being an AP here. Right. Well, you know, you mentioned that uh, both Grass Valley Charter School and the and SAIL, the Sierra Academy of Expeditionary Learning, uh, have the tenets of expeditionary learning, or EL, at their core. Um, tell us more about expeditionary learning, or, or EL. What are some of those tenets? Yeah, um, so EL actually came out of, out of Harvard and Outward Bound um, a little over two decades ago, and so it, it sort of took the character and culture side of Outward Bound, if people are familiar with that, you know. Um, mm -hmm. OB is really about character and culture through adventure. Uh, and they, the, the guides who were OB guides who then attended Harvard kind of took the best practices of, of the other aspects of education and pedagogy and curriculum and instruction and assessment to create this model. Um, there is a whole tomb of, of what it means to be in Yale school, but the uh, sort of the 10,000 foot view is the belief that through rigorous academics and uh, strong character development and those two things in concert, if we channel them towards making a positive impact in our world, that that is um, the model with the most efficacy for engaging young people to be agents of change in our community. Um, and that happens through a lot of different ways, right? But certainly um, that interdisciplinary project-based curriculum um, is a huge, a huge part of that model. Right, right. Well, if somebody wanted to learn more or somehow get involved with Outward Bound or Expeditionary Learning, um, how could they do so? Yeah, so, so Expeditionary Learning is a, is a national organization. Um, I believe they have about 165 um, network schools that are spread around the country. They're predominantly on the East Coast and then in sort of mountainous regions, more or less. Um, mm -hmm. So there are a handful of them in California. Um, obviously, both uh, GBCS and SAIL are here. Um, there's a couple of EL schools in the Tahoe Truckee area um, and then several in the Bay Area. Um, but broadly speaking, you know, like everybody, they are, they are online. Um, so EL Education <laughs> is, is their website. Um, and then Outward Bound, you know, they, they have different uh, sort of hubs that they operate out of. Uh, the closest one for us is in, is in the San Francisco Bay Area. But often people will travel if they want to engage in, in Outward Bound. You know, they have offerings of courses that are, you know, from two weeks to several months long and, um, in all types of adventure contexts, if that is kayaking or rafting or backpacking or, you know, skiing or whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, and right, they right. are also online. Yeah. 
Does does either uh, the Grass Valley Charter School or Sierra Academy of Expeditionary Learning, do they have a need for volunteers? Is there an opportunity for local folks to get involved? I, I would say in, in general, non-COVID times, absolutely. Um, right now, and, and I will speak more for, for charter than for sale, um, uh, you know, we are pretty limited on, on who we're having on campus um, given COVID. Um, but mm-hmm. afterwards, we definitely have folks involved and, and you know, there's a, a vetting process and we have people um, who've engaged and supported on adventure experiences. But we also have folks who've come in to support, in, you know, in the classroom and small, small based um, or small reading groups and math supports and um, some more typical classroom practices as well. Um, maybe maybe some of the garden project too or yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We have a, a pretty significant uh, outdoor science center that is in our garden and, and definitely has a lot of volunteers um, who support that space as well. Right. You know, I'm thinking that we may well have some parents of school-aged children who are listening tonight. And am I correct that, that both uh, the charter school and uh, Sierra Academy have waiting lists for students at this moment? Um, again, I, I would, I, I'll speak for charter for sale as, as a previous board member. I'm not as currently up to, up to date on, on their enrollment numbers. Um, I believe that mm-hmm. they, they probably do, but I would, I would contact them directly. Um, for charter, we, we do have a lottery and we do have a wait list. Um, just with the different models that we're offering, I would say that actually right now we have a, a little, um, we have more openings than typical. Um, and I would expect those to fill up pretty quickly. Um, and our entire kind of lottery process and timeline is outlined on, on our website, um, but it begins pretty soon. So it's, it's sort of a March, April, May um, process mm-hmm. for different groups that are interested. Um, so I would, I would suggest going to grassvalleycharter.org and looking at that okay. or just calling call the front office at 273-8723. Okay. Well, you know, you've been around local schools, uh, a number of them, in fact, uh, for most of your life. You know, any trends that are encouraging or concerning for you right now? Hmm. Well, I I guess when I think about Nevada County, broadly speaking, I think what is um, really fascinating here is is the, sh- is the sheer volume of choice when it comes to schools. Um, mm-hmm. And that's for a lot of reasons. You know, there, that we have a lot of school districts in a very small geographic area, um, which has created a lot of different types of schools. We also have mm-hmm. three of the oldest charter schools in California here, um, all of which are, are over 20 years old. Um, and I think is actually sort of a, a testament to that spirit of our community in terms of organizing and creating change. Um, that we talked about earlier. Um, and I also think that we we have a lot of schools that are not charter schools that have sort of identified models of instruction around choice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in Grass Valley School District, you know, which GVCS is part, um, we also have Bell Hill Academy, which is a dual language right. um, program. So right. I think what is unique is, is really like the volume of choices and both at, at GVCS and at SAIL, you know, we've had families move from out of state to be in our community. 
um, because mm-hmm. of those school choices. So I think that is um, a really unique part of our of our space. Um, and I don't know if it is a a a negative or a challenge, um, but I think there is really an opportunity to 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 kind of look at our community as a um, I don't know a learning ground for what is working in education um, because mm-hmm. there are so many different models that are happening. Right, right. Well, you know, speaking of all the different uh, choices and things that are are happening here, you've also been witness to one of the most jaw-dropping changes demanded of the public education system in a general, in in, in a generation as a result of the pandemic. Um, You know, how have your schools adapted and coped? And are there any, do you think, lasting changes as a result that will be present even when the pandemic subsides? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I at first I think that uh, teachers have been heroic in this moment, um, both in entirely changing the paradigm of, of how instruction happens um, for students, um, and then also you know being uh, asked to think about weighing the social and emotional and academic well-being of students against their own health and wellness um, for themselves and their families. And and so I think, you know, by and large, um, that response has been, has been amazing. And our staff um, mm-hmm. uh, have truly, we, we talk about like heroic and superheroes in education a lot, but truly um, <laughs> our, our folks have been heroic in that regard. Um, so I encourage folks w- w- wherever your kiddos go to school, you know, share some gratitude with teachers whatever that might look like for you. Um, and then in terms of, of lessons that we learned, um, you know, I think there's certainly a lot of, of tools that have been developed and proficiencies that have been developed. And I have no doubt that those will be used to some degree in the future. I, I do think that mm-hmm. we know that kids learn best on campus in person. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that is academic, um, but I also think that the social emotional impact of what's going on right now is, is pretty significant. Um, and right. just as we've seen students, you know, at, at, at GVCS, we have students in hybrid and we have students in virtual, and um, we certainly have students excelling in both of those models. Um, but I have also um, seen kids, you know, come back and, and just blossom from being around around peers. And I think if we right. Think back to when we were 12 and 13, you know, or six and seven and eight. Like we want to be around our friends, right? So mm-hmm. I think we're all looking forward to a return to normal whenever that happens. <laughs> it happens in your 30s and 40s too, <laughs> um, and, and 60s and 70s. So you know, you're a parent and professional, Alex, and uh, there's not a lot of time left, but what do you hope or expect the future will hold for either you personally or for your children? Hmm. Um, you know, I think that for me, I, I want to continue to make a positive impact in my community for me and, and for uh, my my son and my family uh, and for everybody else who, who is part of this community. All right. Well, Alex, thanks so much for taking time out of your very, very busy schedule these days to talk with us tonight. It's really been a pleasure. 
likewise. Thank you so much, Brian. It was it was good to connect.